Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Marvin, you might have to lower me just a, a little bit, man, because I'm going to, you know how I like to yell. I want to talk to you guys um, about a story of, of, uh, of, a, of a gentleman that um, he grew up in the church. And many of us, um, when I say grew up in the church, it's like some of us were like born in the church. Just from day one, you just had to go to church. You were there. You were a little baby, and you were already in your mom's arms or your father's arms, and you just you were raised up in the church. And for many of us, that might not have been in the case. But this particular uh, individual, he grew up, and he knew the scriptures. Ever since he would go to um, Bible class at church, he would hear the stories learn the memory verses, and understand the teaching of Jesus, the teaching of the way, the teaching of life. And as he grew up, he sort of uh, found himself on, on different paths within different sort of uh, friend groups. You know the friend groups, right, that kind of steer you off the right path? And so he, he was having fun and was enjoying life, and he found himself uh, going to a lot of parties and drinking and drinking and drinking and, and it was fun and it was awesome and you know when you're in high school you drink and it's like yeah this is cool but then it's not cool when you just keep doing it forever and that's your like addiction and a lot of bad things started to happen to this individual and got incredibly hurt physically and then I get a call and I'm talking and we're having a conversation together, and we're back to this conversation. Have you ever had moments where um, you feel like it's repeat? Where it's like, how on earth am I here again? It's like, I didn't, I thought that I was done with this, but here I am again. And I get a call, and we're there again. And there's this statement that it, it sort of struck me to my core, and it was, it was about this addiction. I said, man, we've got to let go of this. We've got to give it up. You have to step into the new, step into the power of God. To which the response was, I can't do that. This is in my family. It's in my blood. The addiction is inside of me. You see, I, I really do believe that we can know the word of God. We can quote scripture. We can read the Bible. We can even if I can say it like this, worship the Bible. But yet there's no power. Where's the power? There's a conviction. There's even sometimes a voice that comes from the enemy that's, that feels like a shame, a condemnation. But nevertheless, we know because we know the word, I shouldn't do this, and then I go do it again, and now I'm here repeatedly over and over and over again but I'm worshiping in truth. I know the word of God. I know the scriptures. I was raised in church. I'm in community. I'm hanging out with my guys. We're reading together and fasting and praying. But why can't I break free from this? I have no power. Have you ever felt like that? It's just, I don't get it. Like, pastor, I'm here and I'm reading. And like, what's going on? Because... You're talking about this power, but I don't have access to this power. I can't seem to move from this. And 
I know it, though. I know the word. I know the teaching. I know the truth. But I, I just, something's blocking the way for me to step into this power. You see, Jesus gives us insight into how to worship, not just in word, but what he does in this story is he teaches us how to worship, not just in truth, but in spirit. It says this in the book of John as we follow this woman, the Samaritan woman, who had a lot of baggage, who is like, I'm here again on this repeated story. But now this Jesus calls her out and, and basically says, yeah, you're in a lot of darkness. You're repeating. So John chapter 4, starting at verse 2, says this, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. And just a side note, if you take notes, what Jesus was meaning to, he wasn't speaking down to the Samaritan woman. The Samaritans actually only read the first five books of the Bible. The rest, they did not read. So he's like, you don't know what you're worshiping because you only have like the first piece of it. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they, watch this, are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. Did you know the Father seeks? The Father watches. Our God, our Father, not just a God that's cosmic and is big and it's like, oh, I'm scared. But like a relational Father, he seeks your attention. He desires to be in communion with you. And our Father seeks for something in us. God is spirit, Jesus says, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. You know, have you, uh, have you ever heard of this, um, this thought from this like really cool guy named Bruce Lee, where he's like, be one with water, be one with the wind, <laughs> be one with yourself and centered. He has this quote, and he said, you must be shapeless, formless, like water, so poetic. And when you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. And when you pour water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. And when you pour water into the teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can drip and it can crash. Be like water, my friend. Sounds so poetic, right? It's like pretty powerful stuff. When I think of this, I, I think, well, that's cool to become like water. I get that. I understand where, like, Lee is after here. But what does it look like to become one with the Spirit? What does that look like for you to become one with God? Have you even questioned or thought has it even come to the attention of your brain that it is possible to be one with the spirit of God did you know that you can have the same spirit of God inside of you the same authority the same power the same strength the same anointing even so much power that you seem powerless, but you've just relinquished your power. It's kind of how Jesus was, by the way. He was incredibly powerful. I mean, we're talking about the creator of the universe. Superman times a million. 
And yet he chose to relinquish his power in true humility because he was after something. And the one who was showing him was the Spirit of God. So that means that my guidance should not be in the spirit of Sam. My guidance should be in the spirit of God. Because God has the ultimate story, the ultimate dream, the ultimate beauty in his will and in his way. And so Jesus, he encounters this woman and he says something that for the longest time I couldn't quite understand. But then as I was in my own journey and in my own path, as I learned the stories of old, the Genesis accounts, the Josephs that was thrown into slavery, and then all the way throughout his story finally found himself with humility, with forgiveness, loving on those who actually threw him in a pit. You think of men like Moses who had like this supernatural power, but he was a stutterer and he was terrified and God speaks to him in a burning bush, like, come on, a burning bush? I think of Elijah who brings fire down from heaven on other false prophets that were ridiculing and speaking against God himself. Like this is powerful stuff, man. How do I access that? Because in my little small story, it's just repeat. But like I know, I know the word though. I know the word, but why am I not stepping into the power? Jesus gives us an insight that when you worship him, you don't just worship in truth. That's important, by the way. If we don't have truth, what do we have? Which, by the way, he is truth. He is, quote, logos, quote, word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was John. But we stop or we limit ourselves because God is not one that puts limits on us. You put limits on you. When you access the Spirit of God, when you become one with the Spirit, you become limitless. And the only reason I know that is because I look at the person of Jesus, who was able to walk into a room with full authority, knowing everyone in the room hated him, spoke ill against him, and yet he had this confidence. Have you ever wanted that? If you're like, like really terrified of people, like you kind of like, like social anxiety type of stuff. <laughs> Imagine having that confidence to walk into a room and just to free flow and talk, talk to everybody. Well, that's the very small scale of what God can do in your life. But imagine the addictions that are inside of you that are just killing you. With the Spirit of God, He can actually break those things. He can set you free from those things. But if you're not accessing that, then there's something that you're not worshiping correctly. I would say it's just in truth or just in word. The reason why I say that is because I was raised in a church. I won't name it because I, I love and honor the, this, this church. But it was just so much emphasis on, on the word, which is like, well, pastor, isn't that? Of course, this is, imp- this is everything If we didn't have this, what would we have? We'd be so lost. We wouldn't have direction. We wouldn't have truth at our fingertips. We wouldn't be able to look and understand. We wouldn't allow ourselves to be read and the word to move us and to shape us. We wouldn't know the principles. We wouldn't know the stories. But I realized as I began to get older 
that I was missing something in my worship. I was missing the spirit. Jesus literally says, there will be a day when you worship me not just in truth or word, but in spirit. And if you're worshiping God just in truth, that's super important. That's like everything. But you will cap yourself out if it's just that and it's not the spirit as well. They're interconnected. It's word and spirit. It's power and truth. So I want to be one with the spirit. You see, if God is spirit, God is not confined to things. And therefore, idol worship is not only an irrelevance, it is an insult to the very nature of God. If God is spirit, God is not confined to places and therefore to limit the worship of God to Jerusalem or to any other spot is to set a limit to that which by its nature exceeds all limits. If God is spirit, our gifts to God must be gifts of the spirit. All things of our own creating become inadequate in, their, in our creating, right? The only gifts that Befit the nature of God are the gifts of the Spirit. They're love, loyalty, obedience, devotion. You see, the Spirit is the highest part of a human being. Did you know that when you were created, when you look at the Genesis account, that God, he, he breathed into man the breath. That's where we get the word wind. That's where we get the word ruach. That's where we get the word spirit. God breathed his spirit into us, and we became spirit. But not just spirit like, like a ghost floating. We have a body, don't you? You're like physically sitting in reality here and now. You have a physical body that is physically decaying. And we're just going to get older and older and older and older and grayer and grayer. And then eventually we're going to die. But your body will die and decay. But your spirit won't. Your soul won't. In fact, because God breathed life spirit into us we now have access to eternity did you know that we're talking about an eternal being god himself omnipresent all being all knowing all powerful all places breathing life into us spirit and us sustaining life because of that spirit even if you don't believe in god god is in you even if you don't even hope for the things of God, there is still this hope within you. That's why, like, when you feel, have you ever heard that saying, oh, man, like, you're searching for a void that you can't fill unless it's God. Well, it's because whew, he breathed the spirit, his spirit, into you. So our body's important then, right? Of course it is. I got to take care of my body. In fact, Paul takes it to a whole other level and says, Whatever you do to the body, you do to God as well. Because your body is a reflection of the temple. So be very careful what you do to your body because your body is important. And the reason Paul had to say that is because within the Roman Empire, there were these people that didn't care about the body. They just cared about the spirit. <laughs> Sometimes I notice, I said this last week, you know how we can become like ultra weird Christians? Let's not be that. Let's not do that. Let's not be the weird, like, saying weird things that don't make sense, where it's like we're trying to, like, pull reality and, like, somehow, like, add God into, like, our mess and say, God said to do it. It's like, really? He did. It doesn't align to his word or his truth. 
So just say you want to do it. <laughs> Don't put that on God. You see, we can get really mystical really fast. And it doesn't even make sense. So that's someone who's all spirit, spirit of God. The water, be, be one like the water, man. Be one like the spirit. Oh, the spirit told me to do this. I'm going to go do it. But then they lack the truth. You see? You need the truth to sustain yourself as the spirit speaks to you. God will never speak something that is completely contrary to his truth. That's why we must worship God in both spirit and truth. And so I kind of have a problem with that as I've gotten older. Can I just be real with you as your pastor? I'm like, Lord, help me. For the longest time when we planted this church, I was raised in an environment that was so big on the word that I have the word in me and I love the word of God. But did you know that you could, you could get to a point where it's just word and no spirit? You're not worshiping God in truth then, like truly the way the Father seeks you to worship him. I mean, that's, don't quote me, man. Quote Jesus. <laughs> he said, there will be a day where you worship me not just in truth but in spirit. And so for the longest time, I'm like, I want the truth. And for those that were in like the, the room when we first started, it was like Maddie and Brendan and me and Kelly and we were like talking and I'm like, and then other people started adding and we started meeting in the backyard and, and inside of me is a man that believes the power of God because I've seen God do some crazy stuff, man. You can't negate it. I've heard people that are speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues and I'm like, well, wait a second, that doesn't add up in scripture because it says that you need to have an interpretation but then I've learned, no, that's not true. That's just a part of it. But then this person that's speaking in tongues that seems kind of weird to me because where I was raised, that's weird would come and lay hands on me, pray for me, and I could feel the power of God. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, no, because those are weird people. Well, well, yeah, okay, let's have the conversation then. So you can't tell me it's all just truth and no spirit. We would just be a church that reads the Bible. There's power in it, but where's the spirit? Where's the power? Where's the authority? The authority is interconnected with the spirit in his word. So I don't just want to be a part of a church that worships and knows the truth, though that is essential. I'm, that's doctrine, man. Like, it's not even questionable. But what's questionable is what do we do with the spirit then? I want to be a part of a community that moves in the spirit of God. How about you? No, and here's why. Here's why. Some of you, like, don't even know if you should clap or not. Grandma Liz is with me. Here's why, friend. Because when I had that conversation with that gentleman on the phone, he grew up in the same environment that I was in. He knew the word just as much as I. In fact, on the call, as he was drunk, he was quoting scripture to me. I said, man, you've missed the spirit of God, bro. Where is the spirit of God in you? Well, see, my bloodline, man, you know what that tells me? You don't know the power of God. Who cares about your bloodline? Who cares about your past? Who cares about your addictions? I serve a God that makes me free. And my word says that, but the Spirit keeps me free. The Spirit lets me walk in authority the same way my rabbi, your rabbi, your teacher, God, walked in. It says in Matthew 7, can we just turn that really quick? Sorry, it's not in my notes. Actually, it is in my notes. I'm all over the place. Matthew 7 says this. You guys ready? 
Matthew 7, starting at verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. This is one of the most terrifying scriptures, so like hold on to the chair. <laughs> but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, because the Father seeks something. The, only the one who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me, on that day, the day of judgment, by the way, where it's not you and mommy or Mima or dad or grandpa or like, you know, the Bible person in the room. No, it's just you and God, man. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Side note, you don't have to rhetorically do this, but has anyone prophesied in this room? I know a couple. I mean, he's saying, do we not prophesy in your name? So does that make you more spiritual? But then it gets worse. It gets more terrifying. He says, did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Have you ever driven out a demon? Have you ever performed miracles? Okay, then, man, like, we're in bad, like, we're in trouble then. Because <laughs> this person's, like, literally saying, I did these things. Aren't these in things important? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is Jesus speaking to somebody. Which, by the way, if I can give you context, he's actually speaking to the Pharisees, the ones that know it all. So don't be the know-it-all with the truth, but then you lack the spirit. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man, a wise man, wisdom. You want to know what wisdom is? This is it. Who built his house on the rock. The rain came, streams rose, winds blew, beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because he was wise. Because it had a foundation on the rock. Cause and effect. You build your life on the rock, the winds comes, you'll be sustained through the winds. Simple. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. So there's a wise man and there's a foolish man. This man built his house on sand. The rain came down, streams rose, the winds blew, beat against that house, fell against with a great crash. And all that stuff is really powerful. We can like exegete that and preach on that. But actually, I read all that to get to this point. You ready? Verse 28. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had, what does it say? Authority. And not as their teachers of the law. When you read that, I don't know what you ask, like what you tell yourself. I, I tell myself, how do I have that authority? <laughs> what, what does that mean? Because he's speaking to people that are not just teachers and scribes, but there are people like you and I. And there are also people in the room that don't feel like they shouldn't even be in the presence of of the Pharisees and of Jesus. And he says, no, 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 no. The kingdom of heaven, you built it off wisdom. The gate is really wide, man. But there's also another path that's incredibly narrow. This is the one you want to go on. This is the one that's really difficult. Have you ever noticed that hard things, like really beautiful things, they never come easy? You want to have a beautiful family that are healthy? Well, that's not going to come easy. <laughs> You want to be healthy and have your children love you and, and honor you and you honor them and, and be in good connection with them? Well, that's not going to come easy. You want to, like, build something powerful and take care of your family or get into a career or finish that degree or whatever it is for you? You think that's going to come easy? You know what's crazy, though? It's actually the things that don't come easy that are the easiest to do. Or actually, the, the things that are, like, they're super easy to do, and they're the worst things for us. That's what I mean. Like, you just, 
man, I, I don't want to be addicted, but it's really easy to become addicted. <laughs> or I, I don't, I want to fight against this addiction. It's really hard to fight against it. And so the reason why I bring up that story is because I want to be like my rabbi and walk in authority. In order for me to walk in authority, I have to walk and worship not just in truth, but in spirit. Does that make sense? So truth, here's truth. Let me um, give you just some, some teaching behind this. Here's truth. Truth is moral truth. Okay, this is what we're after here. An example would be like lying is wrong. We all know lying is wrong. Stealing is wrong. And then the, the, it gets worse, right? The worse the sin, it just gets heavier and, and it affects people worse. Adultery, adultery is wrong. Cheating on your wife or your husband, that's wrong. We all could agree to that, right? Like no one actually disagrees with that. C.S. Lewis actually had a thing in one of his books called Moral Truth um, where he actually says that, that truth is relative in this, that if I'm the commander-in-chief of an army and we're in the trenches, like back in the day if you played Call of Duty where you're like in a trench and there's like another trench over there, I don't know what, which one that one is, but um, if I'm fighting in my trench and the, the, the opposition is on that side and my men go out and they're going to die and I know it, even if that man doesn't believe in God, he knows that's wrong. Man. If I don't go out, they're all going to die. I'm going to live. He knows deep down that that's wrong. That's like this truth that's ingrained in the fiber of our being. That came from God. Why? Because he breathed life into you. But then there's also historical truth, which was Jesus was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Or George Washington was the first president of the United States. The truth is aligned with reality. We talked about this briefly. If I jump off a cliff, I'm not going to fly. I'm going to die. That's truth. It's reality. It's very simple. Spirit, though, its basic meaning is wind or breath. By its extension comes to mean strength. This word Jesus is after here where you worship in spirit and truth, this word spirit actually means strength, the vital power necessary to sustain life. Can I say that again? The spirit of God is the vital power necessary to sustain life. So if you're walking around like, man, I don't got, man, I'm just, I'm just depressed, and it's just like, well, where's the spirit? Well, you know the word, but where's the spirit? Oh, you just worship God in truth, not in spirit. You don't know his power, man. Let's talk about that. Let's research that. Let's dig into that. Let's ask the spirit of God to move me in that. Because I want to have sustaining life power and the only way I can get that is to access the Spirit of God. I must become one with the Spirit, one with God. The concept of Spirit stresses the relationship we have for God and stresses power. Thus, the human spirit calls out for divine completement, which is God. Do you hear that? The human spirit already shows us that God is divine. Because when you die, where do you go? Well, you keep living. For eternity. And I don't know about you, but I just want to make sure I'm like on the right side when I die. And I don't want to just get to heaven. I want to live heaven here. So while God desires worshipers who will worship in spirit and truth, it is the spirit that provides the energy and the capacity to worship. 
That's why if you don't have an understanding of the power of God, when you come into a room or you're by yourself or you're dying internally and all you have is the word, that's very, very important, friend. But the Spirit of God was the one who breathed into the word. So when you're in a dark room and you're quoting scripture, you need that. I quote scripture all day when I'm in a dark room, but I have to access the spirit of God within me because that's where the power's at. I remember when I first decided to say, I'm going to be pastor for the rest of my life. No one's going to get in the way. I'm going to do it. Kelly, I'm sorry. It's going to be hard. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to do it. I'll never forget that there was an altar call. That's why we do things similar to that where I encourage people to come up. There's nothing spiritual about it, but there is something powerful about it. Because there's something about getting up and moving forward, moving your body. You can be back there and the power of God hits you. But there's something about movement, isn't there? And I'll never forget, I walked up to the front, and I didn't know why I was in Bible school. Like, there was all these people that are like super spiritual, and you know I don't like the super spirituals. They're like, I'm, I'm called to Malaysia, and I'm called to Africa, and I'm called to all these things. And God showed me in a dream when I was a little boy, and I'm like, man, that's so cool. I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just like, I want to take some classes so I can like move back to California because I was in Springfield, Missouri. And that was hard in and of itself. And so I went up to the front and I could feel the spirit of God moving in me. There's something there. I, I can't describe it because it's like the wind. You can feel it, but you can't necessarily see it. And there was an altar call. And I'm like, God, why am I here? Why am I here? Like, I told you I want to give you my first roots. I'm like, life's a mess back at home. I keep repeating the things I don't want to repeat. And I don't know why I'm here. And they gave like, hey, if anyone just wants to come up and get prayer, why don't you come on up? And so I go up to the front. And I've only been there for like a week. And there's this guy. I'll never forget his name. He was a friend of mine, still is to this day. And he's like, hey, man, he doesn't know me yet. It's only been a week. He's like, hey, man, can I pray for you? I'm like, please, man. Like, I don't know why I'm here. And then he starts to prophesy to me. And he said, you're wearing a mask right now. I was like, what do you mean? No, I'm not. (laughs) He's like, no. You know that you're called to do something. You know that God brought you here for a purpose. And you've been living one way your whole life, but you know the way that God is supposed to, to call you, and you're not living that way. You're wearing a mask. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I don't want that to, I don't want that to be me. And so as soon as I said, God, remove this mask from me. I want to know you. I want to seek you. I want to understand you. As soon as that happened, I had a radical encounter with the presence of God. I can't describe it other than it was the spirit of God. And in that moment, I knew I was called to be a pastor. I can't show you that in the Bible, by the way. I can show you the stories of men that's happened to, but I can't articulate it. And I've had men tell me, that are God-fearing men. Well, man, that's not how God works. Is it in the Bible? And I'm like, how do I describe that being in the Bible? I saw Elijah do these crazy things. I saw the Spirit of God do these crazy things. I saw the book of Acts, man. What are you talking about? God touched me, and now I feel called to be a pastor. And no one's going to get in the way because he said to do it, so I'm going to do it. And as I've gone on this journey, there's been moments for people that have come and gone in this church that told me, can I say, tell you this? They said, hey, you know what? I just need to tell you this. I'm going to get up and run around the church. I'm taking my shoes off and my socks off. I'm going to run around. If, God, if the Spirit of God tells me to do that, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you could do that, but not here. 
because it's not in alignment with the Spirit of God. You see, some of us can be super, super, super spiritual and lack the truth of God. But others can be all about the truth and not have any access to the power of God. When I look at this woman, Jesus tells her, hey, I need you to know this. One day you're going to worship. There will be a time my spirit will never be confined. You will be able to worship me anywhere. In your closet, in your shower, on the way to work, coming back from work. Wherever you go, you will be able to access the spirit of God. And that's just the peace that opens up your life to him. It gets deeper, man. When you begin to swim in the power of God, when you like, I, I don't want to just kind of like be here because I can kind of touch ground. I want more. How do I get more? Well, then I would say, know your word. Keep reading your word. Keep diving into your word. But it's time to step into the spirit now. It's time to worship in the spirit now. It's time to be baptized by the spirit baptizer who is Jesus. And so for you, if you feel like there's a lot of places you can go, by the way. But at this church, the conviction is we don't just worship in word, but we worship in spirit. And so that means there's going to be moments in your life that you don't know what to do. And the only one that you can access is the spirit of God. So stop playing it safe. Stop saying it's in my blood line, man. I can't break free from this. That is not the authority of God. He died to break every bondage, to break every yoke, to break every addiction. And you can tell your mind whatever you want to tell it. You know the truth. You want the spirit. So what do you need to do? You need to walk in it now. I'm so tired in my little journey of walking with Jesus. I've been like a pastor for like 10 years now. I'm like, that's kind of cool to say, because I've, I've been steady, I've been faithful, but I've learned just a couple things along the way. Can I just tell you one of them that really irks me? We know the word of God. You have been coming to this church. You have been walking with Jesus. My friend, you might have been walking with Jesus more than I've been alive. You know the word of God. You know the authority of God, but you don't do anything about it. You don't walk in authority. You don't walk in power. You're walking around depressed. What's this about depression? In the spirit of God, I'm free. What's this about anxiety? When I walk into the room, I become fearless. Not because of me, but because the access that I have to the spirit. So if you are lacking in your spiritual discipleship to Jesus, then begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. And do it now. Like just... Just, you just have to do it. Please, like, just take action. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? This gentleman that called me, it's probably the third time I've gotten this call now. Third time. And now I'm frustrated because sometimes we can become emotional leeches, spiritual leeches. I don't have anything more powerful than you. Do you know that? So don't look to me, man. I'm, I am not a perfect man. Look to God. Look to the Spirit. My frustration comes even in my own life where I know the Word of God. 
I, get to, I know how to access the authority of God, but I'm not even walking in it. I'm not doing anything. That's where, my friend, you're not being spiritual. But you're being over-spiritual by saying, but I can do it because I got the Spirit of God in me, man, and I'm just going to walk in it, and there's just going to come a day that I just live in it. And it's like, but you got to do something. Move. Take action. Every man, that's why we know the word and the truth. Every man, look at every man and woman in the scripture. They didn't just sit back and play it safe. If you want a safe Christianity, don't get out of your house. Just stay home. If you want to play it safe, then don't pray to the spirit of God. If you want to just cruise in life and not take any challenges and not take any risk and not take a leap of faith, then don't even ask the Father to do anything in your life because with God, you become dangerous. Why? Because he calls you to more. He is so, like my, my understanding of God is he does not want me stuck where I'm at right now. He gives me the truth. He shows me the authority. Then what am I doing to get there? I, oh, I, I, I got to move. I got to stop, quote, sinning. <laughs> it's like, man, I, uh, I want to have like a really good relationship with my boyfriend. But, um, and then I'm like, okay, well, talk to me about your relationship. Well, I've been, I, you know, it's been about 10 years now. It's like, oh, 10 years, that's awesome. Okay. And you come to church? Yeah, come to church. Where's your boyfriend? Well, you know, like, what do you mean you know? This is serious. <laughs> the wise man? Cause and effect. If I date someone who doesn't believe in God, cause, what's the effect? I get spiritual when I say, God's going to do it though, man. Oh my gosh, you don't have no idea. I saw it in a dream. Cause. But then you get upset with God when the effect wasn't the cause. The wise man builds his, that is wisdom, by the way. It's making choices knowing that if I do this, in God's truth, this will happen. The Bible says you reap what you sow. So keep living the way you want to live, man. You're going to get the same results. Oh, but I have God, and I read the word, and I go to church. Well, you haven't access, you haven't worshipped God in spirit then. Because when you worship him in spirit, he calls you to more. Some of you in the room, myself included, need to stop playing it safe. What do you have to lose, by the way? Like, seriously. The world is dying around us. Haven't you noticed? Life is hard. It is difficult. Why on earth would I play with fire when I know the cause of that is I'm going to get burned? Oh, but it's okay, man, like, because the Bible says I can do this and it's all right now. Just be okay. It's like, okay, then go for it, man. Cause and effect. I've seen that. I've read that book already. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. So access the spirit of God. Step into the authority of God. Walk in the authority of God. But in order to do that, you have to move. Does that make sense? So the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because, and I've taken so long to go through this woman at the well, is because there's so many things that she teaches us. Why? Because that woman is us. <laughs> We've heard about God. Can you put up the last verse of John chapter 4? Or just, yeah, it says, then Jesus declared. She was like, oh, yeah, this, I know what you're talking about, Jesus when they're at the well and he calls her out 
and he says, I'll give, there's water that man that'll sustain you for the rest of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, actually, I've heard about this, this story. It's all throughout the Old Testament. The prophet's spoken about it. There will be a day the Messiah, the Christ comes, and man, he's going to wipe all this thing free. We're not going to be in bondage anymore. We're not going to be lorded over by the Roman Empire. We're going to walk, and we're going to have heaven here on earth. Finally, all of our mess-ups is going to be good. We're going to be with God, and it's going to be great. It says, Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So this morning, is Jesus speaking to you? Are you, are you ready to actually move? Are you ready to actually do something? Aren't you tired of living in the same repeating story? over and over and over again or are you ready to pave a new route that is filled with much risk and much danger and maybe your family will think you're crazy maybe you might need to like consider your relationship that you're in I don't know whatever it is wherever you're at whatever you're doing spirit and truth and my prayer for the worship team that's why I want to like be a part of the worship team because I just I love worship so much I don't want to be a community that just worships in truth I want to be a community that worships in spirit and in truth where someone comes here and says man I'm ready to be set free and I know that in order to do that I need the spirit of God all right then come forward let's pray we're going to lay hands on you I want you to repeat after me the authority you have it's like okay now what now do it Now walk in discipleship to him. Now walk in his truth. Now become one with the spirit. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Jesus, this morning, I pray right now for your people, for your children, that we would learn the rhythm of walking with you. I pray, oh God, that you would move in people's hearts right here, right now. I pray, God, for those that are, are, are desiring to have access to that spirit, to have access to that power. God, your word is super clear that there is much doing uh, that we have, there's much working through of our own renewal of our brain and our mind and our habits and our disciplines, all of that stuff, God, you showed us. But Lord, I just pray right now for those that are asking for a touch of heaven that you would show up and show off in their life. Right now in this moment, God, I pray, Lord, that they, your people, myself included, will begin to speak the spirit of God over our life, that we would walk in that truth and that we would move in that power and that we would be men and women that have the authority of Jesus to break every chain, every addiction, and walk in freedom. Give us that spirit, God. I want to worship that spirit right now. I want to worship your spirit right now. I want to be overwhelmed with your power right now. And that's all I ask, God. Refine me from the inside out. Change me, sustain me, move in me. Do whatever you want to do in my life, over my family, over my children, over my household, over all of the things in my life that I just can't seem to control. I relinquish that right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, you do whatever you want in my life, through my life. I want the Spirit of God.
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.